Yeah, so we're going to be, if you guys want to turn your Bibles, we're going to be in 1 John chapter 4 this morning. 1 John chapter 4. For those of you that are new here to this church, or maybe your first or second time, we are uh, Calvary Chapel affiliated, which just basically means we go uh, verse by verse through the the Bible on Sunday mornings. So um, we're We've been in 1 John for a few weeks now and, and probably have a few more weeks in, in 1 John, but it's been a really awesome time of just uh, really John's message of what Jesus came and what Jesus stands for, which is love and light and, um, and just being in relationship with one another and how important that is that, that we continue to grow our relationships with one another uh, and our relationship with God. And today, my sermon is titled, The Spirit of Truth. And so I'm just going to go ahead and read. We're just covering six verses this morning. Uh, and then we'll, we'll jump, we'll dive in here. So 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've heard was coming and is now already in the world. Then he who is in the world, oh, sorry, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore, They speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And that's where we're going to stop this morning and just dive in. Um, And this is something John's covered once already in 1 John. That's kind of the theme here is John covers one thing, and then says, this is important enough that I'm going to leave this topic and, and go to another topic. And I want to remind you again, we've seen that already as we have a relationship with one another. We talk about loving one another, how important our relationship is with God. Um, and he's also warning us against these false teachers. And, and that's what our message this morning uh, takes us. <clears throat> now, if you guys were here last week, we were at the end of chapter three. And and the end of chapter three, just I, I, I think it's important with the context of what we're talking about here this morning, because John gives us a command at the end of chapter three, which is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and love one another. And that's really what we've looked at the last couple of weeks. And that's the same commandment that Jesus has given us, right? He's just reminding us of what Jesus said in Matthew 22. You shall love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind. This is, the, this is great and the first commandment. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But I think that's important to remember as we jump into this text this morning. I think it's no coincidence that John did want to cover that stuff and lay that basis for this before he jumps into this. Because I think it's important that we do believe in the Lord Jesus Christ with all of our heart, all of our mind, uh, and, and believe that with our hearts. Because he's talking to 
Jesus followers. He's talking to the children of God here. <clears throat> so he wants to make sure before we're going to jump into false teachers that, that we've got kind of a basis of who he's talking to. I also think it's important to know that we do need to love one another. Even as we're testing the spirits, we're going to find out about testing the spirits today. And as we do that, um, to be able to lovingly do that, I think matters. Um, I think it's super important that that matters uh, because it's, it's, it's going to be one, it's one thing to go up to somebody and say, hey, jerk, you're wrong about this. Uh, because that's not going to bear any fruit. That's not going to hopefully try to correct this guy and get him going in the right direction of getting the Jesus that we know. So to be able to remind John, to remind us about these two things, that we need to believe in Jesus Christ and who he is and also love one another as we do this this morning, I think is, is really important to think about. I've... I've, uh, man, I hesitate to tell this story because it's something I just popped into my brain on the fly, but uh, it's probably because it kept me up all night. Do you guys, you guys know what a Roomba is? They've been around a while now. Um, we've had a Roomba in our house. It's a little, it's a little self-propelled vacuum cleaner that, that cleans the house. It's supposed to be super helpful. Sometimes it's not. Um, but we've had, a, we've had a Roomba now in our house for a year Again, something that's supposed to make our lives easier <laughs> as it just kind of roams around the house and, and, and vacuums the floor. Super awesome. 21st century technology. Um, but as we got this thing last year, we realized that uh, it's, it can be pretty sensitive sometimes. And so we've got to the point in our house where every other night we, we do this thing in our house. It's, it's, it's a vacuum night. And we send all of our kids out and, and, and we have this procedure on how to do things. We go around the house and inspect to make sure that everything in our house is ready to run the Roomba. Because if we don't, the Roomba gets stuck on something. Uh, the Roomba will wake us up in the middle of the night like it did last night, um, several times. The Roomba vacuums up stuff it's not supposed to. Um, I don't have to worry about like dog feces in my house, but I've heard horror stories of like it running over. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've not experienced that one, but it gets a little wild. But, <laughs> um, but the point I'm trying to make here is that every, every night that we run this Roomba, we've got we've to prepare for this. Because if we don't, uh, it, 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 it starts to suck up things that it's not supposed to suck up and it gets messed up. It starts to malfunction. <clears throat> and I think that I can just, again, this thing woke me up like 35 times last night because it sucked up a Nerf dart. Yeah, and, and so it was trying to empty itself. Like it, it literally ran all night long. Like it, I looked this morning, it finally finished at like 5.15 this morning, but I could hear it trying to empty itself like every 20 minutes last night. It was crazy. Um, <laughs> but all that to say, I think that's a good illustration for what we're, we're kind of talking about this morning in, in our walk. Because if we, if we aren't careful, if we, if we don't take the time to just prepare, if we don't take the time to just inspect what's going on around us, uh, just like a Roomba, we're going to get stuck in different places. We're going to 
suck up things that, uh, that aren't intended for us to consume. And then we start to malfunction. I don't know. That was, there's a sermon illustration on the fly. It, it's pretty sucky, isn't it? Okay, moving on. <laughs> but God wants us to have the wisdom and confidence to discern what's of God and, and what's not, what's made up. And we see here that John was dealing with this back in his day. And the church really hasn't stopped dealing with it since. These, this, these fake teachers, these false prophets. The world is full of deceit. It's one of Satan's favorite tools to, to try to trick us and fool us and, and get us down and makes us feel anxious and uh, confuse us and, and try to, to throw us off our, our game, to try to get us stuck in, in moving forward in, in that pursuit of practicing righteousness. Our pursuit of, of what Jesus is and what Jesus calls us to be. <clears throat> And it's laid out so easily for us in the Bible. Thank the Lord that we have the Bible to, to filter things through. But John's message this morning is just be careful. Be careful of, of things going on out there. You got to be aware of what's going on out there. Um, and you got to be able to, to kind of filter it through the word of God, through the Holy Spirit. And so two things as we get into uh, our scripture this morning that John's, gonna, John's really going to tell us is that we need to test everything and we need to fear nothing. And, and those are my two points this morning. So number one, as we jump into the text here, is we need to test everything. <clears throat> and he starts out by just saying, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And it says right there, we need to be people testing the spirits. And I like, I've underlined it in my Bible. It says many false prophets. It doesn't say we're going to have a few uh, people come in here and, and, and try some things. It says many false prophets are out in the world. I think that's really true. And it's, I think that number's increasing, not decreasing, unfortunately. <clears throat> But he says, testing the spirit. He says, what, what does that mean, testing the spirit? And what's being said here is that we're not supposed to be testing the person. We're supposed to be testing the words coming out of their mouth. Our eyes are, can deceive us. These, whatever false prophets, whatever false teachers or whatever they're saying, it's the, the words, the content coming out of them is, is what matters. These people are just mouthpieces for a, an, an evil demon, a spirit that's not of God. The end of our scripture says the spirit of air is what John calls it. I like what 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says. It says, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from what, uh, abstain from every form of evil. And so I think it's important to know that like, there's still prophecy and God still uses prophecy today. There's just a lot of fake ones out here. I think First Thessalonians says, 
it says, do not despise prophecies. So we're not supposed to despise them, but we're supposed to test them. And these people we've talked about that that John was really uh, addressing the church about these people called the Gnostics. And these Gnostics, they claim to have this higher wisdom of, of who Jesus was, of they claim to have special anointings as, as we learned about a few weeks ago. Um, that's absolutely crazy to think about because the Bible doesn't speak to that. The Bible doesn't speak a, a, about that. So right there, we can kind of test that. But um, these Gnostics wanted something and, and that was popularity and riches. They wanted to be known for their works, for, for these things that they could do. And they were trying to profit off of it. And nothing's really changed today. Some things have changed today, but um, the idea that there's still false prophets out there trying to profit off of uh, the word of God, off of who God is, and trying to twist scripture, that, that's still a thing. It's still happening. False prophecy is a booming business right now. Did you guys know that? It's crazy. The internet has has given has given these people a platform to be able to just uh, be able to talk to people, be able to address people, but but nobody holds them accountable because they don't have to get up in front of churches anymore. They can just do it from behind a keyboard, and when they're wrong, they can just kind of shake it off and, and go on to the next thing. And they can hit the delete button. They, when, when they're wrong about prophecy, they can just go, oh, delete it. It never happened. It's, the internet's making it easy. Podcasts, YouTube, um, all these things that <laughs> we're using for uh, the good of Jesus, following the Bible. It, it's, uh, but isn't that like Satan though? Every time that... Uh, we can use something every time we've moved forward in the kingdom, Satan uh, counteracts, you know? Like a game of chess. Somebody moves and then Satan moves a piece to try to counteract that. God's a way better chess player though. And he's already won the game, so. Did you guys know that, I just learned this recently, Albany headquarters, one of the largest distributors of false prophecy in, in the entire country. Did you guys know that? Yeah. I didn't either until a few weeks ago, but there's an organ. I'm not even going to say the organization's name because I don't want to give them any credit, but there's an organization in the city of Albany that broadcasts to a quarter million people they bring in $1.5 million a year. And they're not even false prophets. They're just distributing this information to false prophets. They're the, pe- they're the people that the false prophets want to, once a false prophet's made it to these guys, once these guys have shared this false prophet's information, that false prophet's made it. They can now go write a book. They can now go have some credibility. And, and those people are raking in 100 or, yeah, million a year. That's here in the city of Albany. Do a couple of Google searches, you'll find them. The New York Times did an article on this. 
listed this organization in their article. The New York Times, that's not a Christian organization, uh, talking about how the false prophecy uh, that's going on right now is, is absolutely destroying our world. Crazy that an organization that's not Christian is, is writing about that, huh? <clears throat> but you can go back. They've been around for a while, and there's plenty of fake prophecy that you can look up. A lot of it's been deleted, and, and there's been others that have come through and said, oh, just so you know, they deleted that back in the day. Don't do it now. Put your phones away. I see you back there. <clears throat> but their prophecies, if you look, they're just vague they're, or they're just wrong. It's crazy that it's, it's gotten so wild just in the last couple of years with the election, with the pandemic. Um, it's gotten so wild that a group of charismatic churches and pastors got together and said, these are the rules on how we're gonna do prophecy now because so many people were just delivering false prophecies. And, and just nobody's holding these people accountable because they're just online. It's crazy. All from, and again, this distributor, all right here from the little city of Albany, Oregon. Talk about some wild spirits. <clears throat> so that really gives us the importance of why we need to test everything, right? Why it's so important. Verse two, we're gonna get into kind of how we're gonna do that. By this, you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Guys, underline those in your Bible if you've got them. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come is of God. This is just one test. This is what John was dealing with with this church um, because that was the Gnostics game. That was what they were into. They were into saying that we believe, we, we believe Jesus we just don't believe Jesus was a, a full man and full human. They question his humanity. They question whether, you know, well, Jesus was a spirit or, or Jesus was, was a man, born as a man, by, by had a mom and a physical dad. Um, but he was just a normal man up until like his 30th birthday and then got some power from the Holy Spirit and then lost that power when he went to the cross. You just go, the Bible doesn't teach that. The gospel doesn't teach that. And so John's talking about uh, the Gnostics here. And that's why he brings up this point of confessing that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. And, and, and that's the testing point for John. But the spirit of truth always aligns with, what, uh, with Jesus, God, and, and the scriptures. It's got to follow that proper biblical view of Jesus Christ being fully God and fully man. Funny how back then it, they were really questioning the human part of Jesus. And now it's, it's kind of flip-flopped and people believe, no, oh, Jesus 
Jesus was a human and, and he came. He's just not, they question the deity part now. You know, well, Jesus isn't God. But it's the same. It's, we gotta have it both, man. Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. And we have to remember that. There's two big organizations out there that have got this way wrong and, and they're growing in numbers. It's the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormon Church. They've both fallen into this trap of just, yeah, I don't know. Jesus was just Satan's spiritual brother or um, I, I, all sorts of stuff like that. But what you need to pay attention for is that a lot of the times, often these guys and, and what these, uh, these different organizations will say is, oh, us in the Christian church, we're, we're pretty close to the same. You ever had a conversation? You ever had one of those guys knock on your door? The first thing they want to tell you is, oh yeah, we're cool with Jesus. We're cool with who Jesus is. But the question you got to ask them is, well, who is Jesus to you? Because that's when the story starts to eh, not, not quite line up with, with what the Bible says. I like what John 15 says. It says, it is the Holy Spirit's ministry to testify to Christ and to glorify him as Lord. But when the helper comes, who shall I send to you from the Father? The Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. <clears throat> it's so important that we filter everything through the Bible. I hesitate sometimes with, with this because it's, it's so hard. The only book that we can look at without testing is the Bible. The only thing that we can listen to is the Bible. Everything else we need to test, including me. I hope you guys are, I hope you guys are testing me. Test everything. It doesn't say stop at your pastor. Test everything. I don't want to be up here teaching anything besides the word of God, but I am a flawed human being. So I hope you guys are testing me, challenging me when it doesn't line up because I am a human. And so we need to be testing everything. I cringe sometimes when I see some of the books in the Christian bookstore because I just go, ooh, they, you know, they've got some similarities to, to the message, but Sometimes they get a little bit sideways about some stuff. They fall for these, uh, they, they fall into modern day culture. They're trying to appease the ear. That's what we're going to see about kind of in the next part here um, is that the, the culture and, and what the world says and and everybody now, it seems that everybody's favorite game is to just, let me tell you what you want to hear. Let me tell you what you want to hear and not what you need to hear. Why it's so important that we test everything, that we make sure it's lining up with scripture, it's lining up with the word of God, it's lining up with the, what the gospel says. But we also have the spirit of truth in us. We also have the Holy Spirit in us that, that's going to help guide us. And that gets me to my second point here today, which is that we don't have to fear anything. 
My second point is fear nothing. We, we don't have to fear anything because of the spirit of God that lives in us, because of who we are. I want you guys to just look at the beginning of verse four, five, and six. And there's different pronouns being used every time. Not those kind of pronouns, but um, verse four starts out with because of who you are. Verse five starts out because of they are, who they are. And verse six, because of who we are, we being the authors of the gospels and the epistles. Verse four says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Amen. Amen. If that doesn't give you guys some sort of peace, keep reading it. There's something that should give you a lot of peace. You're of God. And he uses that phrase, little children, again, to remind you that you're a child of God. To remind you that if you put your trust in God, if you've given your life to Christ, if you've repented of your sins, then, then you're a child of God and you've got nothing to fear. We're different from this crazy world we live in. We're just guests. We're just pilgrims. Our new identity as a child of God gives us everything we need, um, which is Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the word of God. Matthew 28, 18 says, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus has all the authority in heaven and on earth. He spoke it. And if we're putting our trust in Jesus, we're under his authority. And our position in Christ gives us that authority to do uh, God's will. It gives us power to do God's will. It gives us that strength. It gives us that courage to, to stand up. Um, it also gives us discernment to be able to say, this is what's right and this is what's wrong. <clears throat> and those are things that we should be able to stand on and just go, I got nothing to worry about. As long as I'm continuing to just put my faith in Jesus, I've got the Holy Spirit. He'll back me up. He'll let me know when things don't sound right but it does, it takes a little bit of testing. It does take a little bit of work on our behalf. It takes a, a moment to just walk around the house and, and pick the Nerf darts up off the floor so we don't fall for any of this stuff that's gonna just take us out of the way. Um, Ephesians 6, uh, starting in verse 10, just says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the, uh, wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of the age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. <clears throat> and we've got access to that armor of God. 
because it says we're not going to, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We're wrestling with the spiritual world against these principalities and powers that we, that we don't see. And, and we've got to have that armor of God, which is practicing righteousness. That's all it is, practicing righteousness, getting into the word, staying prayed up, being around other brothers and sisters, putting your whole faith in, in, in who Jesus is and who Jesus says he's going to be when he comes back. Verse five says, they are of the world. So the first one was, you are of God, they are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world and the world hears them. These spirits appeal to our flesh because they sound good. It sounds good to our ears to hear this stuff. There's a reason that the health, wealth, and prosperity teachers are so popular because they're saying things that appeal to our flesh. They're saying things that appeal to our worldly being, the worldly being that we're supposed to be against because we've been born again in Jesus Christ. But we still got to watch out for that stuff. We're still going to be tempted by this stuff. There's a reason that these new age uh, teachers are sprinkling in modern psychology and new age philosophy into their messages. They want to tell you what you want to hear. And of course, that's going to be popular. And it says, right, in our scripture, they speak of the world and the world hears them. And that's why so many of these people are, are buying into this stuff. They're buying into it. And I, and I hope that they're seeing the truth, the full truth. Because the full truth of the gospel sometimes gets missed by, by some of these health, wealth, and prosperity teachers that, that, are, teaching, uh, that are teaching things for, for their gain, that are teaching things that say, well, if you do this, you're going to be better off for it uh, financially. Well, stop with the financial part. I'm not sure that's in the Bible. Um, but yes, we're going to be better off for it. That also comes with, uh, with us repenting of our sins, with us being accountable. They don't want to talk about sin. They don't want to talk about repentance. They don't want to talk about accountability. Those things aren't fun to talk about. I don't enjoy talking about them, but it's the truth. We have to talk about them. Because that's what Jesus wants for us. And you really want to see your life change. That's part of it. We can't just teach the good parts. Can't just teach the parts that tickle our ears and, and, and say, oh, look at this fun, how fun this is. You don't need to change. Our relationship with God should bring conviction. Should bring us to that point where we're feeling like, hey, man, I need to get closer to God. And this sin's holding me back from doing that. But the world's message just is 
hey, culture says you're going to love everybody, so that's what we're going to do, um, and, and just stops there. I talked about the hyper grace movement a few weeks ago when, when John brought up teachers, the false teachers this first time, but, but it is that idea that these, these pastors, they're, they're throwing the world into the message. They're blending it up. And it's a weird mix of Jesus and the world. And the Bible's pretty clear. Those two don't mix. Those two don't mix very well you get some watered down gospel that that's not telling the full truth of Jesus Christ. And man, my, my heart feels for those people that, that, that aren't getting that full message that are maybe at risk. <clears throat> but it's so easy for us to get sucked into that message, right? How many of you guys have been sucked into that message before? Fallen for just, false doctrine for half truths. I know I have, uh, and it came in the form of a podcast that I listened to for like three years where I was just so into these guys. Oh man, this podcast is so good. They get it. So awesome. But that was back before I was really reading my Bible on a daily basis. Back before I put more, more faith into that podcast than I did my Bible. I wasn't using a filter of any kind. I was just, I was letting them do the research for me and I fell for it hook, line and sinker. And it took me actually getting serious and, and opening my Bible for myself to just be like, dude, they're saying things in here that don't even line up. And that stuff's everywhere. The internet's made that stuff just readily available everywhere you turn. So we have to be careful. Test everything, fear nothing though, right? Be careful what you're reading. Be careful what you're listening to. The only thing we can trust is the Bible. And we don't have to be afraid or fear Satan or demons or the spirit of error. But we do have to remember to live out our identity in Christ. And this is what John's been telling us all along, right? Right from the beginning, practice righteousness. Grow in the word. Be in fellowship with one another. Love one another. Practice grace and truth. The enemy wants nothing more than to make us scared, anxious, and confused. And that's what's going to happen if we fall for these false doctrines. The only way we're going to fall for them, though, is if, if we're putting more trust in, in those things than we are Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And, and, and the way we do that is just practice righteousness. Repent of your sins. Turn away from your sins. Confess Jesus. Ask for prayer. Be accountable to one another. Own your sin. Jesus still loves you. <clears throat> Verse 6 says, We are of God. He knows God, or he who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. <clears throat> and what John's saying here is those who know God, 
who know God are going to listen to those that knew Jesus. He's saying we are of God. He's referring to himself. He's referring to Paul and Peter and these writers of the gospel and the epistles that knew Jesus, that spent time with Jesus, that encountered Jesus. Saying we knew him. Go back to the beginning of 1 John where he says, pretty in depth. I I was with him. I touched him. I laughed with him. I was with him from the beginning. He's a real person. Again, we need to look at it through the context of who he's writing to. He's saying, we know him. Don't listen to these guys. They weren't there. We were there. And just trying to say, we are of God. You are of God too. And and (laughs) begging them to just listen to them. Don't get sucked into this false doctrine. Don't get sucked into these false prophecies that, that aren't of God. <clears throat> and that just gives credibility to the source, right? If we're always trying to test the spirits, that means we're going to investigate the source. And in this case, he's saying this, the source of my message is that I was with Jesus. I learned this stuff from Jesus. This is in Jesus's book that we're writing. The letters that this is all just teaching straight from Jesus. I love that everything in first John, really you can look at things that just go right back to John's uh, gospel where Jesus was quoted saying it. John's not writing anything new here. He's saying, I'm just telling you what Jesus said. And that's just the message he's trying to get across here. And and then he just ends by saying, that's how you're going to know the spirit of truth from the spirit of error. I'll invite my worship team to come back up now as we, uh, as we close here, but we need to be so careful that we don't caught up, get caught up in, in worldly teachers that come with these half-truths or or say something nice. There's, it doesn't really, it doesn't really take a lot for us to, to be able to do this. It's just listen to God. Just a little bit of discipline and, and we're able to test this stuff so easily to be able to just get into, uh, Spend some time with God daily. Get into the word. Pray with one another. Put on that full armor of God that we've talked about. That message isn't going away, I fear. That the world, these false teachers, they're not going anywhere. They're just going to increase. They're just going to increase as we get farther and farther to the end times. And we can go through that life and we can be scared to talk to these people. We can be, oh man, I'm a Christian and now I got to worry about these these fakers too, these haters. And and you just go, no, you don't have to. As long as you're just practicing righteousness, you, you have the power of discernment. You've got the power to be bold and stand up to these people and say, this isn't true. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not going to stand for you doing that. 
Again, doing it in a loving manner, I think is helpful. It sucks as Christians, uh, you know, we think about everything in the Bible, what these guys went through. Most of them martyred, burned alive, crucified upside down. Our persecution's not very, not very much compared to, to what those first church Christians went through, right? But it's still there and it still sucks. It still sucks to have somebody come up to you and go, well, if you believe in Jesus, you're just a narrow-minded uh, hater. They've got that wrong, though. They've got that message wrong. Just go, I would say a little bit wrong anyway, right? Because Jesus loves you and, and, and we love you. We just don't love that you're about the world. We don't love the world that you're living in. We don't love that the world's uh, got its finger wrapped around you. And what we're asking you to do is just come realize how much better it is when you just live for Jesus and not of the world. And because of that, we just get called narrow-minded bigots. <clears throat> and then I just go, as far as narrow-minded goes, yeah, we kind of are narrow-minded, but that's because Jesus calls us to be. Matthew seven thirteen just says, enter by the narrow gate. For the, wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. That gate is narrow. And, and so to, for somebody to say, yeah, Christians are just narrow people. Well, yeah, because there is one, there's one way and we want you to know it. And that way is Jesus. That way is having a relationship with Jesus. That way is knowing what Jesus came here to do for you, accepting that free gift that he gave you of salvation. With it, you'll last, you'll, Spend your eternity up in heaven. <clears throat> and all Jesus is asking you to do is to follow him, to try to live your life for him. He doesn't expect for perfection, but just that whenever you catch yourself feeling that conviction of the Holy Spirit, which you'll get, that you just resist the temptation of sin, repent and turn and walk away. And, and just live a life for him. <clears throat> Let's be careful, Christian, in the 21st century with the internet, with what we're listening to, what we're putting in our brains. Make sure we're filtering everything through that filter of the Bible. It's so important you guys are practicing on your own, the, the word of God. Don't just come Sunday mornings and, and, and say, that's enough Bible for me for one week. I'm pleading you to please get in the Bible so you can combat this stuff for yourself. I don't want to hear about any of you guys falling for this stuff. <clears throat> 